you have a hard time capturing great images in the forest, this is going to be a great podcast for you guys to listen to. What is going on, everybody? In this episode three podcast, I'm talking with nature photographer that is based in Canada, Tristan Todd. Now, Tristan is an absolutely phenomenal photographer, and one of the things that I think he does exceptionally well is that he is very, very good at capturing great images in the forest. Now, if you've been a landscape photographer for long, you know that capturing images in the forest is really, really difficult to do. Now, the forest is one of the most difficult places to photograph because it's a place where there's not a very obvious subject. So it can be really hard for you to find that really great photo, find that great foreground and get the right light. Uh, The forest is often really, really cluttered. And in today's episode, I'm really lucky to have had a great conversation with Tristan about some different ways that you can really capture some great images in the forest. Really excited for you guys to listen to this one. So let's go ahead and jump right in there. Here's my conversation with landscape photographer Tristan Todd. Tristan Todd, welcome to the podcast. So excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. Will you just start off by telling our listeners a little about yourself? Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, So I'm Tristan Todd. I'm a landscape photographer from Vancouver, British Columbia. And uh, I primarily specialize in forests. Uh, Vancouver has got a lot of really beautiful temperate rainforests, and it's just uh, amazing for photography. Yeah, I think that one of the things that really attracted me about having you on the podcast today is that when I look at your feed, there's just obviously some incredibly beautiful photos, really nice work. And I think one of the things that you do exceptionally well, among other things, uh, is, of course, taking images in the forest. The forest is a really incredibly challenging place to shoot, and you seem to have mastered it. So I'm really excited to talk to you about that today. So will you first just tell me how you go about finding a composition in these places? Because obviously it's a lot different than going out to somewhere where, you know, you've got the location marked already and you're shooting a mountain or you're shooting a particular aspect. Uh, When you're in the forest, you're simply just looking for like a cool tree or whatever it may be. So are you looking for like your foreground element first or are you kind of looking for the background element or uh, the subject or how exactly do you find your compositions? Uh, So for me, I actually, I look for more backgrounds first or I guess that can be a lot of times that will be the subject, but I find it's a lot easier to do that than say looking for foreground because I mean, it's in the forest. There's like a million (laughs) different potential foregrounds. If you, if you're like spending your time looking for a foreground, uh, it's going to be frustrating. So I find it, it's easier to find like a nice background and kind of subject that I like. And then once I've done that, I can, try to find a foreground that, you know, kind of balances it out or has leading lines or whatever different uh, kind of compositional elements. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Um, Super great advice for anyone listening that to really look for that background first rather than the foreground. Uh, Would you tell us, like, how do you decide on a forest to go to? Because there's obviously living up in Vancouver, BC, there's obviously just probably thousands of forests you could potentially go to. How do you decide which one you go to? Is there like a personal favorite? How do you know when a forest is going to be good? Like, will you speak to that a little bit? 
I mean, some forests are nicer looking than others, but I mean, for me, I I go to these forests because they're nearby, and I don't have a car, so I take public transit to most of my hikes. Yeah, so that that's that's a pretty big factor for me, like just the fact that these places are really close. So is there something when, like, let's say that you're going to go travel that would indicate to you that, hey, this might be a good forest for landscape photography? Is there something that you're looking for? Uh, if you were traveling to a new location, is there something in particular that would tell you, like, hey, this forest might be better than this one? Or is it simply just show up and uh, scout it out and hope that you can find something good? I mean, pretty much anything uh, in the Pacific Northwest is usually has, like, a a good section or a good spot. Um, I guess the exception is like areas that have been heavily logged. Um, so if usually, you know, finding places that are more like old growth kind of forests are the best. Um, we've got some of that a little bit here near Vancouver and there's stuff on Vancouver Island. And I mean, there's forests down in Washington that I'd really like to go visit and Oregon too. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, I want to switch and kind of pivot here and talk a little bit about the light and forest photography. When I look at your portfolio, I see that there is a lot of images that are, uh, they have really nice sunlight behind them. And then there's a lot of images where it's, you can tell it's like a nice gray sky day uh, where the light is really flat. Can you speak to how the light affects the image and forest photography? Maybe what kind of light you're looking for, what kind of light you like to shoot in? Just kind of speak to light in general and how that works in forest photography. Yeah, uh, light is always an interesting topic. Um, I'm not very picky. Like, uh, I'll, I'll go out whenever, and if I feel like going out and it's a sunny, bright, sunny day, like, whatever, I don't care. Um, I, I think probably rainy days are my favorite and foggy. I mean, most people know that those are great for photography, but, like, say if you you know, you go out on a sunny day. Um, I think that provides a lot of interesting kind of contrast, especially if you look into the sun. Um, I find that I find like a nice sunny backlit scene. Um, I find they're quite pretty, especially if you can find like, um, like a shaded foreground or a cooler foreground to kind of balance that out. And that's, uh, I mean, that's what I kind of just tell people like, there's not really any such thing as bad light in the forest. Um, you can pretty much make anything work. It's just a matter of, you know, finding finding something and balancing it out with something else. Like like I said, with like bright direct light, balance it, you know, with the shaded cool foreground and stuff like that. Yeah, that makes sense. So you're kind of just like, hey, I got some time today. I want to go out to shoot and you'll pretty much just make do with whatever light is available and you'll find a way to make it happen. Is that pretty much uh, <laughs> fair to say? Yeah, that's basically exactly it. And like, I know some people really like to plan their shots out like very meticulously, but I don't really care for that. I just like to go, I just go out and, you know, I just see what I can find. <laughs> yeah, that totally makes sense. And when you're out there in the forest, obviously you're not like going to shoot a mountain, so you don't really know what you're going to find. So it's really important uh, that you're ready for that small scene. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like the forest, there's so many, so many possibilities. And um, that's why I kind of just try to get out there and 
all sorts of different kinds of light because you know it it looks different every time you go uh one spot can look totally different just you know if you sit there and wait for 10 minutes for the light to change for sure and i think that just goes with a lot of kinds of landscape photography you wait a few minutes (laughs) and a lot can happen a lot can change you can get a lot better light in just a matter of just a few minutes now is there any piece of gear that you're using for forest photography that people might not think about uh that people might not bring with them um it's funny a lot of people when they think forest photography they think polarizer like that you need a polarizer and i actually rarely use those um yeah (laughs) i know people are usually surprised when i tell them that um what i like to do is have uh like very flexible zoom lenses like say like a 24 to 200 i think i think for me having something that lets you be flexible like that is probably the most important thing you can have like i i use a 14 to 30 and a 24 to 200 and it just makes i don't have to worry about constantly changing lenses or like oh maybe I should try this other prime lens and constantly switch things around. It's just, yeah, making it easier. And what are you shooting on? Uh, Nikon. And you said that's a 24 to 200? Yep. And that's like a F 3.5 to 5.6 or so? Yeah, it's. I think it's like F 4 to F 5.6, something like that. Yeah, that's a great lens. And I actually use a, it's like a 28 to 200 Tamron lens for backpacking. And I really like it because obviously it helps me to reduce the amount of weight and the amount of lenses that I need to carry in my bag. So having one of those like super telephoto zooms or whatever you'd want to call it is just a great way that you can put another lens in your bag that's going to allow you to cover a lot of range. Like you mentioned, you won't have to worry about putting on a different lens to zoom in or zoom out or whatever. Um, And I think there's this myth in photography that these super telephoto lenses are aren't quite as sharp as your regular lenses, which is maybe true, but uh, it's definitely not as bad as it was, say, maybe 10 or 15 years ago. The technology's come a long way, and now the difference between those lenses are just so minimal, and there's so much post-processing that is really good and really easy to do that you can use to fix that sharpness, those sharpness issues, that it's just like a no-brainer to have one of those super telephoto lenses now. Definitely, I'm I'm definitely not like a fan of pixel peeping and i mean i kind of i get the appeal of having like technical perfection but i find it very distracting to you know the overall like creative process i guess you want to call it that yeah is there any like common mistake that you're seeing people that are shooting forests making um out there in the field yeah um just because it's such a like messy and chaotic place i think I think sometimes when people are out there shooting, they try to bring in too much into their photo. Like they might use a wide angle lens when they maybe shouldn't. So like, I'm a pretty big proponent of, you know, zooming in to kind of minimize distractions, which there are a lot of in the forest. (laughs) 
Yeah, I think a lot of us get caught because, um, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't photographers that might say like, oh, this is such a beautiful spot. You have to photograph it. And as photographers, we'll go there and we'll think, oh, man, this is so beautiful and break out our wide angle lens and just take a photo and try and capture it all when you really can't capture it all. You need to really grab your telephoto lens, zoom in, focus on something smaller in the scene. And, you know, for this reason, like I just love my telephoto in the forest and it sounds like you really do as well. It sounds like you really get a lot of use out of yours. Oh, totally. Yeah. Like, like when we're looking around at things like our eyes and our brain kind of, they naturally isolate things. So I think, I think uh, having that kind of zoom lens just is a natural extension of that. So to kind of piggyback off that question, um, is there anything that like you would tell yourself um, back when you first started forest photography to help you improve your forest photography? Uh, and if, if it's the same answer, that's totally OK, because there are really similar questions. But like, is there one piece of advice that you could give yourself? Yeah, it probably be that or what I was talking about earlier uh, when it comes to searching for backgrounds first, because like back when I was not as experienced, I... I did tend to look for foregrounds first. Like I was all about foregrounds and getting super close and, and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I think, I think doing it the other way around is easiest and more productive. Yeah. That is some really great advice. Obviously with it being so busy and cluttered in the forest, finding your background first uh, is going to really help a lot of people find their compositions a lot easier than say looking for your foreground or whatever else you could possibly look for. So looking for that background is huge. I love that piece of advice. So I also want to talk a little bit about the editing aspect in forest photography. I think that your edits are just so great. Uh, one of the things that I see a lot of people struggling with is nailing the correct color for those greens in forest photography. You know, you see greens that are too warm or too cool, uh, or they're just simply not right. Whereas when I look at your photos, I can tell that every single time the shade of green feels like it's just perfect. Is there any tips or advice that you can give someone for, or any like tricks of how you set that particular color for the green? in your own photos yes i think i think one thing i've noticed is that a lot of people do make their greens a bit too warm um i'm not really a huge fan of that uh with the exception of some cases i i've got a friend that does warm greens really really well but um yeah i prefer mine to be on the cooler side of things i think it just kind of looks better and it goes with the kind of like moody vibes you could say that i kind of go for um some people some people use polarizers to try to get nice greens but i mean i it's not you don't have to do anything too crazy just set your white balance properly and i find in the forest the auto white balance tends to make things like very magenta so if you so once you've got your shots loaded in the Lightroom, if you switch your tint more towards green, um, that'll help a lot. Kind of kill those magentas, um, move it towards more towards the cool side as well. And then in Photoshop, there's a really handy tool I use to kind of like dial in my greens, and it's called the color balance layer adjustment. So I just I just take that and I choose midtones and I just kind of push a bit of science into them. And I find it just looks like, just looks really good. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great answer. Um, do you use the selective color adjustment in Photoshop? 
I do use uh, did I is it selective color? I do color masking uh, with the what's that tool called? Yeah, I'm confident that you've seen the selective color adjustment before. Uh, (laughs) I just was curious if you actually had used it uh, or if you had a better way of doing it. I'm sure there's a better way. Oh, okay. You know what? I I remember which one you're talking about now. Uh, I actually don't use that, but I do color masking um, just with like uh, select and then uh, color range. Okay, that makes sense. Do you use any vignettes on your photos? I personally am a huge fan of vignetting, um, but I know a lot of people do like it. A lot of people don't. How do you feel about vignetting on forest photography? Uh, I'm not a big fan of like a global vignette. I mean, that's kind of how I feel about any adjustment. I'm not really a big fan of global adjustments. Um, so like instead of a vignette, I'll, I'll just burn around the corners or wherever I think is a bit too bright rather than applying one, you know, vignette to the whole image. Okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's perfect. Um, kind of the wrapping it up here. I like to ask one question at the end here, which is if there's one piece of advice you could give to landscape photographers to help them to take better photos, what would it be? And it doesn't have to relate to forest photography. It can (laughs) literally be any kind of landscape photography tip. What is your one tip if you have one? Yeah. Uh, just, Honestly, just get out there as often as possible. And like, if you find, if you got a place that you really like, uh, I'm a big proponent of constantly going back to that place and getting to know it really well. Uh, like I've got places like that and I'm constantly, you know, noticing new things or finding new things. Um, just because, you know, like, especially with the forest, it's constantly changing, but it, that apply, it really applies to any, any type of landscape photography. Well, that is great advice for anything in life. Practice makes perfect. Get out there as much as you can (laughs) and you're going to find yourself in some good photos. So before we let you go here, will you go ahead and just tell us where can we find your work? Where can we learn from you? Do you do workshops? What do you got going on? Let us know where we can find you. Yeah. uh, So you can find me on Instagram at Tristan.Todd or my website, TristanTodd.Photography. And I've got, like tutorials, um, workshops. We take helicopters out into the mountains and camp and everyone loves it. It's like just an amazing time. Um, <laughs> I've got, I'm working on an ebook that's coming out at the end of the month. It's an in- instructional ebook for forest photography. So if, uh, if that's something that someone is struggling with, it would be very helpful and a quite affordable way to learn as well. Well, that sounds great. And I think that if you really want to learn how to take great (laughs) images in the forest, there's not really a better person you can learn (laughs) from. And the ebook just sounds like it is going to be a great value for what you're going to get. So do go on Tristan's website. I'm going to link all that stuff down below so that you can find it if you are interested in learning from Tristan. Uh, And I just want to say again, thank you so much, Tristan, for joining us today. What an incredibly helpful podcast. So incredibly excited and honored to have you here. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun chatting. have it that is my conversation with Tristan Todd there's some really great advice in this episode uh, for finding great forest photography scenes now these are going to be things that are not only great for finding 
epic images in the forest, but you're also going to be able to find just tons of small scenes. And I know we've been talking about small scenes a lot on the podcast lately, but seriously, this is how you're going to level up your photography. If you are a beginner photographer and you're sitting out there shooting every single scene, wide angle, you're shooting the big mountains, the big things like that. That's great. Those photos are really nice to have, but if you really want to get better and you really want to be able to get those portfolio shots, every single time you go out, you are going to need to figure out those small scenes, figure out how to shoot things like forests and scenes that are otherwise really hard to find great compositions. This episode is a really great way to get started with that and find some tips. Thank you guys so much for joining me on this episode of the podcast. We will see you guys next time. Have a good one. Adios.